Everything's coming up Michigan in the national championship game. They beat Washington. They had the lead Perloff. They never relinquished it. As far as getting close, Washington had this maybe to turn the tide, but the Michigan defense was too stifling, and Washington could not connect on enough of their signature explosive plays because of that Michigan defense. And bottom line, the Wolverines, after a very tumultuous season, <laughs> walk say. away as the national champion. So I just got this tweet yeah. from JDO3, at JDO3. This title will be vacated within two years. You witnessed a fraud on all sports fans last night. CFB jumped the shark last night. How could it be a fraud? They did not have any signs, any advantage in the sign-stealing department last night. They just went out on the field, and they beat them in the trenches decidedly, and they were the best football team, and they're the national champion. And that's been the story of the whole playoffs in Alabama. So how are they... Are they going to really vacate this title in two years? I don't think so because of the way the season ended. Well, I know I watched USC win a national title, and if you look in a record book right now, it's just not there. So the threshold (laughs) for vacating this title I don't think is actually that high. Will it end up happening? I would say probably not, but I still view this national title with Michigan as one with an asterisk because the sign-stealing scandal happened in this season, it's not like that we're bringing up old baggage. You know, the other investigation that Jim Harbaugh is facing is recruiting violations from 2020. Okay, that feels a little old. That feels a little normal uh, when we're used to college football committees, uh, the NCAA coming down on teams. This actually literally happened in this year. Connor Stallions, the guy who's the mastermind of this and at the center of it. First of all, is he getting a ring? Probably doesn't everyone who's on the staff, even if you resign, resign, even if you resign in disgrace, do you still find a way to get a ring? Like, he was on this staff this year. This happened this year. And it's part of the story. Like, I'm sorry. Even if you, we all watched them beat Michigan, excuse me, beat Washington last night, and I can be impressed, and I can be happy for the players, and all of that, I still have to say, what's the story of Michigan season in 2023? Winning and the sign stealing. So game. you're vacating. See, that's the thing. You say it's part of the story, and we all agree it's part of the story. But to go as far to vacate it, listen, there's been cheating. Every cheating incident does not mean that the whole season doesn't count. For example, I used NASCAR. If you get caught with some restrictor plate being off in week two, that doesn't mean you win a race in week 20 that it doesn't count. Of course, there's been Spygate with the Patriots in 2007. They got nailed in week one. They went on to go undefeated during the regular season. If they'd won that Super Bowl, to me, there's no way they're vacating the Lombardi Trophy. There's no way they're putting an asterisk by it. Well, maybe they should have, though, because if you want to take the Patriots example, that was the only reason why they got caught is because Eric Mangini, the former assistant, knew exactly what they were up to and ratted them out and turned turncoat on them once he became head coach of the Jets and was facing Belichick they had been doing it for a while which is why they got in trouble which was draft picks and a fine but it was a rather in my mind a minor infraction so they pointed the videotape the wrong way you're not even it's not even a rule that you can't tape video uh, you can't tape signs you just can't do certain angles from the mid-level of the stadium there are yes isn't there minor cheating at some point that doesn't mean that the whole season goes away I think there is minor cheating, and I think for minor cheating, the head coach doesn't get suspended for three games in the middle of the season. Unprecedented that you would have the Big Ten hand down that suspension. I think if it's minor cheating, it's taking a scholarship away. I think, which is a shame because that hurts the players, not the coaches. I think if it's minor cheating, you do have slaps on the wrist that happen. This was not that. 
this was something that warranted more than a slap on the wrist by the people who really have all the information. Oh, they, the big they ten. That's who you're, the Big Ten. First of all, every organization involved in college football is an utter joke, and we know that. I mean, how many – the Big Ten is who you're going by? Well, if, if college just, football is a big joke, then – to – yes, college football this, is a big joke. Okay, but, then, this, then this championship doesn't mean anything. You're the one who's no, the basically negging fun. the whole thing. I mean, any organizational decision in college football, you just start with the fact that they're wrong. Anything the NCAA does – just, I mean, come on. And you know that, Maggie. Well, the NCAA doesn't have any control over the college football playoffs. And so this big, is a totally the, the different The Big Ten thing. is a joke. They were just basically, all the coaches got mad because Michigan was kicking their butt and said, you got to do something. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll take Harbaugh out for another three meaningless games. To me, this was not a decisive decision one way or the other. No, no, this was the act of a desperate person in Jim Harbaugh who kept losing to yeah. Ohio State and was on the hot seat. And Ohio State was beating him. And they had to do something to try to even the playing field or whatever uh, in their mind. And they did. And they got caught. Well, to me, Michigan recruited the best team. And uh, they got a little lucky because every other uh, big national title contender was down a little bit this year. Yeah. But they had the best team. They had a great offensive line, great defensive line, did a great job coaching and were the best football. And that not, that is the pretty much the whole story to me. They, they won without signs. Okay. Clearly, they're, the, they're obviously the best football team in the country right now. So here's the thing about getting caught cheating. Right. There's the advantage that it gives you, and then it's the breaking of a rule. In some ways, it's kind of irrelevant what the outcome is because if you're cheating, you're breaking a rule. Whether you win or lose the game, you broke a rule, right? Like, whether you you still engaged in the act of cheating. Yeah. The outcome is actually irrelevant. You broke the rule. What okay. is it? If you win or lose, you still were in the wrong. Well, what about the fact that they won without breaking this rule? Okay, well, here's the thing. They won the, probably the four biggest games of the year. The five biggest games. Okay, but did they get help this year? No. Yes, they did. You not, cannot not say really. that. I, I don't even know. what Did they even bother to sign you, uh, steal UNLV signs? <laughs> yes. They stole everybody's signs. They This guy, you know, Connor Stallion, said people working for him all over the country. They no, were, no, no, Perloff, you have, but, you have to say yes there. Okay, yes, they, they did it get help this, this year. helped them this year. Right. So, there you go. So, every cheating violation is immediately vacate the title. So In, in the season, yeah. So, wait, wait, there's no minor cheating scandals? So I've told you that there's minor cheating scandals, and you usually get minor penalties for those minor cheating scandals. So to you, this was a major cheating scandal, and they, they, you're definitely a vacate. Well, to me, to the Big Ten. I mean, to college football, to suspend him for yeah. three games, including the game against Ohio State. If they vacate this title, I think the NCAA is going to, or whoever does it, is going to look like fools. I think everyone's going to be like, oh, we saw Michigan win without stealing signs, and they were the best team if they say two years from now this is a blank space, I, I think that is not going to go over well. Listen, you look back at any of those vacated titles, in retrospect, does it look a little silly? Yes, because we all watched them win. We watched USC win. We watched Michigan go to those final fours with the Fab Five. So it's never going to jive with like what we saw. And those infractions were you know, recruiting stuff and paying players and the so, Reggie and- Bush's house and whatever. But – this was actually something that impacted the field of play. So I think it's different. Let me ask you this question. Say Tom Brady took a little air out of the football. Yeah. He got suspended four games for so, right. misleading it's, the NFL. I don't think they won the title that year, right? They, they did. Oh, That was okay. the comeback against Atlanta. Oh, okay. Uh, asterisk. Yes or no? Or vacate? If, if, if he found out that he was putting the air out of the balls, 
that he that this whole his whole career he was taking the air out of the footballs. Yeah, are you taking? So okay, here's what I would say about that. I say that's a minor cheating thing that of course you don't vacate a title for. So there are what I always thought was weird about Deflategate, and I don't want to go back and relitigate that. But what I always thought was weird about it is there actually is something in the rule book about this, which is it's like a equipment. There's like a, you can't mess with the equipment and stuff like that, and here's the penalty that comes along with it. And for some reason, because Tom wouldn't cop to it, he, he says he never did it. Maybe he never did. But had he just said, yes, I'm sorry I took some air out of the football, it would have fallen under a certain um, penalty in the rule book. But he dragged it out, and he didn't want to relent, and he didn't want to give in, and that's what led to a year of our life basically getting taken over by Deflategate. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's to me, that's a minor cheating scandal that gave him an advantage on the. It's an on-the-field thing, and uh, regardless of all that lying stuff, he would have gotten suspended too because the officials were in the room. And if this really happened, it's pretty egregious to have the official mark the X and then, and then after, take it to a bathroom. Take it to a bathroom. That's pretty bad. But the, my point is, of course, you're not going to vacate that title for something as minor as that. To me, well, the NFL doesn't do that though. This is different. It's college. There is a precedent for titles getting taken away. We don't take away Super Bowls. But they shouldn't. Okay, they shouldn't put an asterisk next to it. Uh, there are a lot of people who said that the uh, the Rams making that Super Bowl should add an asterisk because it was such a joke in 2018 when they didn't call that pass interference. It's been lots of lots of calls for asterisks over the years. But the bottom line is. There's always cheating in football anyway. There's recruiting violations since the beginning of time. You cannot take away the title because of everything. And to me, this is a minor – I'm sorry. I know all the, how elaborate Connor Stallions was. Yeah. But if 75% to – as, as the Ohio State defense coordinator said, 75% of the country has elaborate sign ceiling programs, Michigan just took theirs too far. To me, this is not the story of the team. This was not such an advantage that that's why Michigan won. To me, that's not why Michigan won. Michigan won because they were the best football team. So, I no, I do not consider this a major cheating scandal. The fact that it obviously wasn't that important. They just went on a run without any advantage. So that's one part of this discussion from last night, which is the validity of Michigan's season and now this championship. And then the other part of it is the future of Jim Harbaugh. And this has been something that's been in the works for a while now, considering Jim Harbaugh himself has interviewed with NFL teams over the last two years. He hired an agent that generally represents NFL people. And quite frankly, his stock has probably never been higher, even though he did have this cheating scandal. I don't think anyone in the NFL cares about that. So there are teams (laughs) that have already been linked to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, The Las Vegas Raiders is one of them. The Chargers is another. And the Bears is another. Now, the Raiders is the only rumor, Perloff, and again, this is a rumor, where they said it could be Harbaugh with J.J. McCarthy along with Harbaugh Mm. to go to Las Vegas. I thought that one was particularly juicy. But if you're asking me what the best fit for Jim Harbaugh is, it's the Chargers, hands down. Yeah, but you're looking at a franchise who can't seem to get things right. I I worry about If I'm looking at the Chargers, I'm a little nervous right now because they've had tons and tons of talent and not one. So is Harbaugh really going to say, I'm thinking over this aging, injury-prone roster? feels like there's a high probability of things going wrong there. There is something about Justin Herbert, though. We've talked to your pal, my pal too, Ryan Leaf, about this. Like, Justin Herbert is like a quarterback's quarterback. There's something about... The former quarterbacks and, and fans, obviously, but there's something about former quarterbacks that love this guy. Yeah, like he throws forty touchdowns. I know, I know. <laughs> but there's some guys who are like 
quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And I think Justin Herbert is one of those guys. And so the idea, I think he's held in super high regard of course. by quarterbacks. And that would be something appealing to Jim Harbaugh. I don't have to start over with a young guy like I would in Vegas uh, or maybe in Chicago. Instead, I get like, I get basically a Ferrari that just needs a tune-up. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, what has Harbaugh done great in his career, by the way? He's developed quarterbacks. He had Josh Johnson back in San Diego. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, uh, J.J. McCarthy, Luck. He Well, at Stanford. Yeah, but I I don't know. They didn't win anything. Uh, I just think, like, he's taken mediocre quarterbacks and turned them into great quarterbacks, second-round picks. So I'm not sure. You've never seen him inherit a Ferrari like this. I, I just... I worry. I know that Chargers team. I've picked them to go to the Super Bowl too many times. They I, also it's an old. It's a really aging roster. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you he's attracted to the Raiders, where he could build a team from scratch. I mean, I know the way Harbaugh is. I'm not sure he wants to inherit a team. I think he might want to build a team and build his culture and bring in all his own guys. That's why the McCarthy. I don't think they're going to take McCarthy at 13, but I think that's attractive to him to to say this is my team through and through yeah uh does mark davis sort of keep his hands off a little bit more i mean he's always the kind of owner the raiders owner that yeah. is that's oh, sort of always yeah. looking for a star head coach like yeah i mean that, and now. it was an accident they were the first team gave me going back to next week who said who's all in on harbaugh yeah. also something about something about the raiders and harbaugh and the rebel it just kind of feels like a fit a pirate ship and i think he's been linked there before was he did he interview there before or? Last year, he was linked there yeah. before they went to McDaniels. Yeah, I feel like Jim Harbaugh fits more as a Raiders to Chargers. I understand. You're totally right about Justin Herbert. But if I just said which which of these logos fits Jim Harbaugh, this little light blue and yellow lightning bolt or this you know this black flag Raiders, he feels like a Raiders coach yeah, to me. Yeah, sort of black hat sort of dude. 855-212-4CBS, 855 Four two two seven. I think it's going to be Chargers. Perloff thinks it's more of a Raiders feel. Don't forget the Bears might be around here yet. We have no information about what the Bears are doing yet. By the way, uh, Chargers also linked to Dan Quinn. I don't understand how I'm following this coaching cycle stuff. This is so many Zooms, so many interviews, like, can you imagine how boring these interviews must be? I almost don't want to own an NFL team because the Panthers have 37 people on their GM and coach list. I would rather do anything than interview all these people. You think the owner's getting in on the first round? No way. He's like, bring me in when it's down to three candidates. Maybe David Tepper, though. He seems to, like, get his hands in. He, <laughs> Show up at your house. Yeah, he's the one who made them draft Bryce Young. He might do these first interviews. Also, like, if you're, say you're an owner and you just want to be brought in for, like, the final three, it's like, you interview the first 15 and just bring me in for the final three. Yeah, it's but so you know. It's easy these... to manipulate that with someone because you do the worst guy first, then you do the guy you actually want second, and then the second best person third. Or you could flip that. The second best person first, the guy you really want second, and then the worst person third. And yeah. that's how you get the second guy hired. I you guess know, it's like simple math. I think the owners are on in these interviews. I'm thinking of the guys who we're talking about. Mark Davis, what else has he got to do? David Tepper <laughs> is super hands-on. Uh, yeah, and no, I, I think that these guys actually, and Josh Harris seems to want to reinvent the wheel I think these owners think that they're really smart. What, You'll they, agree with that part. Uh, sure. I mean, of course they do. They're billionaires. 
what what do you think is the outside the box question they're asking in these interviews? Because they love doing it to the players at the combine. Like, are you a cat or a dog? But you know, in the interview process, everyone's got that one like, hey, what what movies are you watching? Or what's the last book you read? Or what are your hobbies? Like the classic things you just totally lie about in a job interview. Oh, yeah. What's your biggest weakness? I'm yeah. too hard a worker. That yeah, old right. line. I, I care too much. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just do too good a job and people resent me. Um, <laughs> if I was going to throw somebody off like Jim Harbaugh, I, de- I might go Taylor Swift. I would be like, oh, okay. I'm a big Swifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, seems safe now in NFL circles. Yeah. I, I, I might just try. Definitely get into pop culture. Yeah. Um, is Die Hard is Die Hard a Christmas movie? If you really want to throw them off, <laughs> what if someone if you were in a job and you're like, what's the last book you read? What would you say? I'm. Are you currently reading a book? Yeah, I'm currently reading a, a 700 page biography of the author Larry McMurtry, which I love. Wow. Okay. Uh, I read. I well, I was on jury duty. I, I just okay. read like <laughs> oh, ten yeah. different books. You've basically been on a perennial like a uh, transatlantic flight, so you have plenty yeah. of time to read. I just read. There's a new uh, collation of Haruki Murakami short stories. Oh, look at you! Yeah, I, Ryan, what would you say? Uh, you need an answer. I need a couple of years. No, no maybe <laughs> two years to I think. read a book. No, like yeah. since the last time I've actually remembered reading a whole book. Yeah. Uh, You're on the spot. What do you say in the interview? I think the last one was Frankenstein or oh, Mary Shelley? Frankenstein. One of those. There you go. Last long time ago. Pete, what would you say? I'd say um, it's been a while, but I would say from from beginning to end, it's been a while. So I would say the last book was about Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I read that book in Barnes & Noble. I was so interested in it that I read it in one sitting. Wait, yes. are you guys trying to be strategic here about what you're saying, or you're just literally trying to remember the last book you read? By the way, I got to tell you right now, 60% of that book about Bobby Heenan was about flatulence, Maggie. It was <laughs> one of those unbelievable kind of books. But him and the Andre the Giant having fart-offs was about <laughs> half the book. <laughs> Y'all say it was misquoted? Uh, here's my book, by the way. This yeah, is wow. uh, I totally suggest this. If any uh, Lonesome Dove fans out there, wonderful biography. That is a massive book. Yeah, jury duty. I think you got to <laughs> say. He caught me at the right time. I think you got to say something like, uh, you know, how to win friends and influence people. You know, to, no, it'd be uh, like effect, Trump effective, and say, what's it? What effective book is, habits of, of uh, successful people, something like that. Oh, yeah. Or no, when Donald Trump was asked what book you're reading, he so, always goes to my own book. He oh, says I the, he art said of, the Bible. No, he always says I'm rereading Art of the Deal again. <laughs> wow. Uh, if you wrote a book, you could always say, ah, oh, I'm reading Maggie Gray's Seven Highly Effective Habits. <laughs> it doesn't it say enough about the person that they would just be rereading their own book? 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> no comment. 855 By the way, Maggie, what are you reading? I would, right now, I just got, uh, what's the Scorsese movie? The Killers oh, of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I just got that for Christmas, so I'm going to start reading that one. I haven't cracked it that open sounds yet. That like sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real <laughs> upper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I actually don't know much about the story, so I'm interested. But yeah, once yeah, football yeah. season's over, guys, that's when it starts. But no, if I was in an interview, I'd say probably like, uh, you know, how to win friends and influence people are something about I'm trying to make myself better. Oh, self-help book from yeah. 67 years ago. Exactly. Where you're classic. right on the cutting edge of that. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS or Lost City is E. 855-212-4227. Okay, more to do, including new blood in one NFL franchise. What are they looking for? We'll tell you next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. What a weird, interesting show this has been. Thank you, Jim Harbaugh, 
for being as unpredictable as possible and delivering Michigan a national title. This easily could have been Alabama or Georgia, and we could have talked about it. Jim Harbaugh, you have to admit, the man is layered. <laughs> yeah, he's layered. He's a lightning rod. He's oh, kind of love yeah. him or hate him type of thing. I don't think he's as controversial in the NFL, though, because – well, maybe that's not, not yet. True. Not, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, listen, he was a successful coach who burned his way out of San Francisco because he couldn't get along with Jed York. So he's a lot for and people. Trent yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. With Trent Balky. Yeah. More the GM, Trent Balky. He's a lot. And whatever team he goes to has to know that. Well, it's the trade off with Harbaugh, right? And after the Wolverines win the national title last night, you know, Jim Harbaugh moving on to the NFL to me seems like it's going to happen. Perloff's not so sure. He sees a maybe a 11th hour sort of, I would say reconciliation because Michigan already offered him a contract, but maybe an 11th hour uh, reversal. Well, I think there's a good case. You ever read those lists of best cities to live in? It's always college towns, right? And Ann Arbor is on a lot of those lists. It's a wonderful place to be. His dad lives right next door. It's family. I I mean, would you rather live in your own college hometown than say Vegas I think you could make a compelling case that's it's a real estate thing (laughs) (laughs) every story is a real estate story um yeah you're right about that all the top cities to live in are always cold places aren't they well no it's also college towns it's always Austin Chapel Hill Ann Arbor makes lists it's just a pleasant place to live because you get the benefits of a city without the size and congestion of a city yeah, actually, I was way wrong about that. Yeah. Not all of them are cold. Yeah. <laughs> Raleigh, Jacksonville is one. Ann Arbor's in there. Obviously, San Francisco, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, Seattle, Berkeley. If you guys were going to move away from New York City, what would you want to li- live Springs, in a college I-, I would want to live in a college town. Because you get all the concerts come to your town, but you don't have to deal with traffic. I think this is a beautiful combo. Which college town? Um, Say it now. Everyone else is going to be mad. You know, I got to be honest, Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill. Doesn't that seem like heaven, Chapel Hill? I don't know why, but. How about UCLA? I mean, heaven, Westwood? Yeah, but the traffic. (laughs) I mean, that's might as well. If I were to live in LA, I might as well live in New York. I I don't know. um, Wherever Tennessee is, that seems nice. Rolling Hills. Provo. Palm Springs, California is where I hope to end up. You want to be out in the desert just alone? Love it. I've, I've, done four, I've done four seasons my whole life. It's lovely. Uh, <laughs> growing up in the Northeast, you really get the mixed bag of every season. I'm ready to just be in the desert now. Yep. What's your second city, Bogus? Uh, San Diego. Okay. I love San Diego. <laughs> You're ready to just go one season just like me. Yeah. No more winter. Ryan? Pete? I haven't thought of it. Uh, well, I, I, would, I would say the Carolinas, yeah. uh, north or south, either one. <laughs> that I could buy, I could buy a house, I could buy a mansion for the price I'm paying for my house now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll pick one of those. I know say all. I know a million people whose parents have moved to North Carolina. Yep, that's the Very hot popular. spot now. Yeah. Either as Pete said, north or south, those are the hot spots. I love how they're <laughs> two wildly different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think but you want to get a little warmer. You want better real estate. I get it. Charleston, South Carolina. I couldn't. If, if you guys visited there, I put yeah. on five pounds just by getting off the airport. <laughs> and the food is way too good there. Bogus is here. He's got headlines. Hello. Hello again, guys. Uh, their last loss was October of 2022. They were only held under 20 points once this season. Michael Penix Jr. in Washington ran out of magic at the wrong time last night. It wasn't enough today, you know, and for for me, I'm going to take accountability for the offensive side of the ball. I feel like we could have been did better. The Michigan D deserves most of the credit for that, pressuring Penix all night, picking him off twice. 
The Wolverines led wire to wire, but only by seven in the fourth until Blake Corum scored twice on the ground. He and Donovan Edwards and the rest of the team combining for 303 rushing yards. There's so many people making plays out there, and when we needed to play, someone made it, whether it had been myself, whether it had been Will, whether it had been J.J. or Donovan, you know, Colston. I, I could keep going on and on just because so many guys made plays. It's Michigan's first national title since 97. It comes, of course, after semifinal exits the last two seasons, and now we wait to see if Jim Harbaugh flirts with the NFL again. Alabama. Hey, I'm sorry, were there any other celebrities there besides the one box that yeah. they put on, which yeah. was Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Travis Scott, Stephen A. Smith holding mm-hmm. court right in the middle. Was there anyone else in there? Uh, Jess Sims of Peloton and and uh, Game Day was in that. So okay. that must have been maybe an espn Oh, is that? I, they actually said another person. Uh, is that who it was? Yeah. I didn't know who that was. Uh, Desmond Howard was in that in that same suite yeah. as well. Okay. I Did they be in that on any suite. other celebrities? Gosh, I don't know. I tried to watch a little bit of the alternative version. It was pretty cool. Pat McAfee and his crew were all wearing these really big cowboy hats. Yeah. But I couldn't hear their microphones. I had then there was away. a third. Did anyone go to the third? Yeah, I had trouble hearing AJ Hawk in particular. There was a third well, screen that was just blank, and you could hear the PA announcer. Did anybody happen to watch that? So you can see who was reporting eligible? <laughs> yes. So I was watching the Lions, right. Cowboys. And you heard the PA announcer. You felt like you were in the stadium. It was actually super cool. Did you get the music, too? You got everything. All It was just a, a empty. I don't even know. I didn't read this was going to happen. But it, it was kind of neat. But again, it was a one you didn't really need an alternate broadcast last Not for night. this one. Uh, because Herb Street's pretty good. Yeah, no, I think that they did a fine job. But I didn't realize the Washington Huskies play who let the dogs out. And I know this is a little sacrilegious because we got a lot of Mets fans in here. It's the worst song, guys. No, it's the worst song. It's the what? worst. Oh, come on. It's kitschy. It's, it's classic. It's grandfathered in. It's... Pete has it on call. <laughs> I can't believe you had that ready to go. I don't know how much you hate it. Is this straight from your phone or our computer system? <laughs> uh, phone to computer. Gotcha. You definitely don't have the next one lined up because it's second only to Don't Stop Believing." Oh, gosh. Just shoot that song right into the sun. Uh, what uh, are we going to... Uh, how about Yesterday by the Beatles? And I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah, don't Stop Believing. It's an anthem. It's an all-time song. I mean, why are you ripping these great songs? Well, Don't Who Stop Believing. the it's dogs cool. out? Mambo, oh. whatever. Who, Mambo games? I don't Mambo know. number five. Mambo number five is a different song. Oh, Do you not like Bahaman, the Bahaman, thank you. Macarena? You like that song? Of course. I, I mean, think... who's not fired up when the Macarena comes on? No, but I'm not. <laughs> the Macarena's not bad. I, I'm a more of an electric slide person, but sure. But, okay. The, one of the best lines. Anyone see Trolls World Tour? It came out during the pandemic. <laughs> not <laughs> no. yet. It's on oh, our list. It's awesome. It's really good. But the best line was Justin Timberlake is trying to convince these people that pop music is awesome and they don't buy it. And it goes to his, the side characters. Was playing Who Let the Dogs Out Too Much. <laughs> that was like the, the, main, the main punchline of the movie. So, yeah. Okay. But don't stop believing. Maggie, you're in a minority on this. Woof. I'm sorry, Bogus. Back to you. Uh, we're getting Just dream- a small town boy. Or girl. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember the lyric. Just a small town girl, right? Uh, we're getting dream on Greenback. Boy race in South Detroit. <laughs> no, please don't stop. No, please stop believing. Just waiting for the midnight train. Going anywhere. Bum, bum, bum. See, the fact that Bogus even attempted that means he has to go on the road trip with you guys, with, with Perloff, when he goes to San Antonio. You guys are going to be like Chris Farley and David Spade and Tommy Boy. 
crying to uh, Aries too. I don't know. After <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers segment, well, who are two like political rivals that are kind of friends? Like, who's the ball guy from Louisiana? James Carville. Doesn't he have a show with somebody who's on the other side of the His aisle wife. from him? Oh yeah. All right. Let's do that then. <laughs> I'll be her. You be him. Oh, by the way, I. We're not political. You have no idea what my politics are. No, I know, but I feel like we... I know what yours are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't stop yep. believing, Maggie. You're in a minority on this one. I'm telling you, people like this, this is a song. Good song still. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Steve Perry, whoever's playing the Steve Perry role in Journey. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yes, your favorite song. Uh, Draymond Green, almost back with the Warriors. His indefinite suspension lifted over the weekend. Now he's getting into game shape, but we almost got Draymond not at all again. I had a conversation with Adam Silver, commissioner of our league. I just told him, Adam, it's too much for me. Like, this is too much. It's all becoming too much for me. And I'm going to retire. And Adam said, ah, you're making a very rash decision. And I won't let you do that. So that's from Draymond's podcast. Wow. <laughs> is there ever been anything more on brand than this for Draymond? It's like, yes, yeah. he has a problem with being totally in the moment. Clearly can't control his emotions at times, all that. So, of course, he's making an emotional decision right. to retire. And Adam Silver is the pragmatist just to be like, well, why don't you sleep on it? They should have let him go. But, but you no. know what's funny, too? The way he describes it, he's so calm and measured when he speaks. And like, we did an interview with him, and he said the most calm, measured interviewee of yeah, all we're time. We're not trying to box him out. Even that. And by the way, you know what Adam Silver said to him? He said, Draymond, don't stop believing. <laughs> don't. <laughs> he, he, said it, he sang it to him. <laughs> From the top. Three, two, one. Come on, Pete. <laughs> down the boat. Again, windows down. We're plowing through Tennessee. <laughs> Singing the top of our lungs. I'm I think uh, I think we have to drive to Oklahoma City if Chet wins. Well, let's just go it's somewhere. Much the same trip. <laughs> Not that different. Um, yeah, I, I, Draymond. He was not going to retire. That was a humble brag saying, yes. "I got begged by the commissioner of the NBA to come back." That was just like, "Aren't I awesome?" No, it's like, "No, no, Draymond, don't retire, yeah, 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 please." Yeah. Adam Silver said, Draymond, you're being rash. I saw him being like, he's like, Adam Silver's just like, just be real, Draymond. You're not retiring. That's what it sounds <laughs> he like. He called his bluff. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, just, you know you're not retiring. Just think about it. Meanwhile, he comes back off of the suspension. And good for him if he, you know, really got some therapy, whatever. But uh, also inked a new deal to for his podcast. Oh, there you go. Well, he's got a broadcasting career just sitting there for him. Uh, John Morant ends up playing just nine games post-suspension. He needs season-ending shoulder surgery. He got hurt in practice Saturday for the Grizz. Tyrese Halliburton suffered a potentially serious left hamstring injury in the Pacers' 133-131 decision over the Celtics. And Paul George scored 25 in the Clippers' 138-111 win over the Suns. Second time in five days that L.A. beats Phoenix. And I'm going to finish with some hockey drama. Uh, fans like me know the name Cutter Gauthier. The Flyers took him fifth. In the 2022 draft, he just helped Team USA win gold at the World Junior Championships. And then the Flyers traded him to the Ducks last night out of nowhere, apparently because he didn't want to play for Philly, so much so that he refused to meet with team officials during those World Juniors 
in Sweden. They went there to talk to him, and he said no thanks because he's like the rest of us and hates Philadelphia. Now, <laughs> Flyers president Keith Jones was on NBC Sports Philadelphia during last night's 4-1 loss to the Penguins. You don't want to be a Flyer? You're not going to be a Flyer? Uh, and then this gem from head coach John Tortorella. I don't know Cutter from a hole in a wall, you know? Uh, so, And I'm not too interested in talking about him. I mean, they went on TV, and to any microphone last night, lambasted this dude for not wanting to be a flyer. Well, we love Keith Jones because he was uh, part of the morning show in Philadelphia on our sister station, WIP. He is the man. Screw Cutter Gautier. (laughs) We have Dallas Goddard. We don't need Cutter Gautier. He grew up a Penguins fan. So he hates the Flyers. Oh, is, it, oh, is that really that's, why? I think that's really, why. He's really committed to the bit. <laughs> that's a great name, by the way. If you name, if your last name is Gautier, you name your kid Cutter, he's going to be a great athlete. <laughs> Probably thought maybe he'd be a pitcher. <laughs> I'm only sad about that. If his name was Bill Smith and he didn't want to play there, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, Cutter Gautier. And I just pulled up a picture of him. I mean, this is the best head of hockey hair I've ever seen in my life. Well, what's funny about it is usually it's the number one overall pick who can try to pull a power move like this, yeah. like, I don't want to play for you, like an Eli Manning situation, it's rare that it's the fifth overall Right, pick. but also it was the pick from two drafts ago, so this has kind of been, I guess, uh, a, ch- a changing situation because he did not express issues to them about being drafted by them. Something has changed post-draft. That made him got a glimpse of the place. Well, no, apparently Sorry. he wanted it was to be, right there. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he wanted to be on the team last year, yeah. and they said you should go back to college. So he was that started it, and apparently he doesn't like Keith Jones, unlike Perloff. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. Oh, he's awesome. He was Andrew Cataldi's guy. Awesome dude. John Tortorella is the coach of the Flyers. Correct. Are there any other coaches in the NHL besides John Tortorella? <laughs> no. There's, he gets to coach for every team. Is Mike Keenan and John Tortorella just <laughs> clone themselves and coach 16 different I mean, teams? You're not kidding. I think there's 32 teams. I think there are 35 guys that have been coaches. It's just they all just keep spinning yes. through. Every NHL head coach has had another job or two it's the, before, before their current it's one. It's only retreads. Yep. You're so right about that. I'm just yeah. like – Thinking about that, the Peter Laviolettes. How many? Oh yeah, that's the other guy. Mike Babcock. <laughs> yeah, oh, Rick Mike Babcock Bonus out. is still a coach in the NHL again. So he was a bullpen coach. <laughs> no, that's he, Ricky Bones. Lind, oh, okay. Lindy Ruff. I feel like it's been yeah. around since I was a kid. Yeah. Peter DeBoer. Yeah. Was the Devils coach? Now he's the Kings. the and, Sharks coach and Kings. Yeah. But, uh, I loved. It. By the way, Craig Berube was a coach, right? Yeah. yeah. He just got fired recently. Yeah, he he was the biggest thug I've ever seen in the history of hockey. All he did was went out and fight. How that guy becomes a coach? Anyway, I'm just showing off my knowledge. That, that's it. Barry I don't know. Trotz has coached how many teams? A lot of them, right? I don't know. Feels like Rick it. Tockett's a coach again. Yeah. Claude Julien. Rick Tockett's a coach again. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you guys said that I'm in the minority about Journey's "Don't Stop Believing" being an awful song. Our pal Nick in Texas. <laughs> Our pal Nick in Texas says the biggest bar songs I hate is Alabama and Maggie's song. I agree with her. They are the worst. I hate when all the drunks. Shout out the chorus. I'm with Maggie covering her ears. Such an annoying song. Thank you, Nick. Wait, does Manny mean the band Alabama or the song Sweet Home Alabama? I think he's probably saying Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, it's got to be Sweet Home Alabama. Which is also, how can you not like that song? Yeah. What, do that you, one do you not like the Or Sweet Caroline? Uh, all no, these songs. Sweet Caroline, I despise. Oh, my gosh. So played out, guys. Don't tell me you don't like Country Road. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, what songs do you like? I, I do like Jump Around when they play that at stadiums. I think that's a fun one. Gosh. You don't, House of Pain, that's a fun one. 
No, I agree. They're all fun. That's why they get played a thousand times. I'm not a hater. <laughs> Consider me number one. Who let the dogs out? Oh, no. Touch it. Where's EJ? That oh, was God. so bad. Where is EJ? Bam, bam, bam. He's singing this song about a teenager, by the way. Well, let's not get into that. Your mic's oh. Sorry. Maggie, what is your favorite Radio. band of all time? We've been together. I don't have the slightest. What's your favorite musical act? I mean. We know Bogus is Dave Matthews' band. By the way, today, Dave Matthews' birthday. Happy birthday, bud. We know. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pretend to be Dave Matthews. Um, um, we know Bilotti's a speed metal freak. That's a <laughs> fact. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite band. I have a few Tupac, favorite too. bands. Okay. I I would say that I don't want to like do a back of the you know back of the napkin. I really like Radiohead. I really like the Grateful Dead. I really like Biggie. I really like okay. I I mean kind of. So very... you're not like a favorite band person like Bogus. No, I mean I would say the act I've seen the most live is a, weirdly probably Wu Tang. That's there a terrible show though. They're not really great. Um, but I, I like a lot of stuff. Eclectic. Okay. And also like, but I, you do, but you, what you do not like is anthems. They get overplayed and stadiums. Well, but I'm a Radiohead fan, so they have some anthems, but really, it's not like just Arcade Creed. Fire or something like that. I yeah. like the Strokes. What? Just listening to Creep. Listen to Creep. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, <laughs> that's you, an you anthem. caught me, Ryan. Sweet Caroline and Creep. <laughs> no, Creed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> like, wait, Creep from Radiohead. What creep. are the Radiohead? Oh, Creep. You were yeah. saying Creep. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. What are the uh, anthems by Radiohead? The, yeah, creep. Creep. That they play that in stadiums. Ah, oh, uh, creep. That's uh, kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all depressing. Yeah, yes. that's a thing. Yeah, you like depressing music. There it is. I don't think so. I don't think the Grateful Dead's depressing, and I don't think Biggie's. De- well, the Biggie's kind of depressing. Biggie's a little depressing. Well, but not like hypnotizing some of the party jams. Yeah, but it's not like Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know you got me on that one, Perloff. It's not like Macarena. Uh, do you like Taco? Put it on the Ritz. I have never thought about that. Do they have any other songs? Put it on the Ritz. Wait, Bilotti, do you have a favorite band? There's no way you have a favorite band. Billy Joel. No, it's just a Billy Joel. Yeah. Classic. But how do you not? There's some people like, I love Dolly Parton. I love Elton John. Like, a lot of people. Well, it's just because you hate Don't Stop Believing and you hate Sweet Caroline. I'm just trying to. What do these have in common? Yeah, it just feels like we know who you hate, but you don't talk a lot about the songs that you really appreciate. That'll be next segment. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see that coming. Yeah. I, I don't find. I don't think you like to talk about things you like. You prefer to talk about things you dislike, and I don't mean that as an insult. But that, that's kind <laughs> that's of that's titled my memoir, <laughs> "Things I Hate" by Maggie Gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Is it fair to say that after I'll tell you, someone in this room is really creeping up the list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume it's really me. But I'm just saying, like we're like, hey, so what should we kidding. should we talk about the great victory? No, let's put an asterisk on it. No, what I said to Perloff, <laughs> no, Perloff said that I was I was random woman airs. <laughs> grievance because I local woman local woman pardon me <laughs> <laughs> I said I, I heard an ad yesterday on the radio playing for an airport I was like why would an Wait, airport have to advertise but you Where were just else like am I going you weren't like oh isn't this funny little story you're like these people are so stupid why are they wasting their budget <laughs> <laughs> on advertising an airport now again if you would like to advertise with us 
LAX. <laughs> We're happy to have you. <laughs> the official airport of Maggie Perloff. <laughs> Maggie, you are an incredibly nice person, but you are wildly negative. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Man, have we met? 855 Yeah, right. Point. We have. Yes. <laughs> also a good book title, Wildly Negative. <laughs> Maggie. And a good band Nice name. person, but wildly negative. It's my favorite band. Wildly negative. You got to listen to the B-sides. 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Michigan wins the national title. And then they get a parade, right? Oh, I don't know. College teams do parades? I've never... Usually you think of parade, you think of a pro pro title and shutting down an entire city. Ann Arbor, that's an easy parade. Maybe a rally? More like a rally? I don't know. I feel like Michigan fans are going to be partying for the next 10 years off this (laughs) one. They've been waiting a long time. They have. So congrats to Michigan and congrats... All around. Now the question is about Jim Harbaugh. I know he said yesterday, hey, can I just enjoy this? Why does it have to always be about what's next? It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, because you've been flirting <laughs> openly with the NFL for two years. So. Yeah. And also, I, when when stuff like that happens, I would say be flattered, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of coaches out there that nobody gives a hoot where they're going to land next. No, this is all good. You could see he was walking on air because I think this season took a toll on him. You know, I've been making light of the cheating scandal. Obviously war on him. I've never seen a happier coach than last night. Uh, of course, any coach who wins a title, but I don't remember Kirby smart sort of slaying the demons like Jim Harbaugh did last night because he came so close in the NFL, didn't do it. And he's been marked by controversy lately. Felt like a really gratifying win. Well, Kirby Smart beating Nick Saban has that was, gotta be a big deal. Well, Kirby Smart's not very expressive like Jim Harbaugh <laughs> is. Uh, How about Kalen DeBoer on the other side of this? Let's hear from the Washington Huskies uh, head coach. Um, Speechless. I really didn't know what to say because it wasn't what we planned on. You know, we really believe in each other and we believe that we can win this football game. And, um, you know, I think the thing that uh, I wanted them to make sure that they knew is is even though this wasn't what we we feel was going to happen, but they've uh, they've restored UW football. Okay, so Washington, a little bit different here. They're going to be going to the Big Ten next year. They've already got their quarterback for next year as Michael Penix is going to go to the draft. And I think you and I disagree about, we can talk about the future of Washington. We can probably do that at a later time. But the future of Michael Penix, which is, to me, now a lot more in doubt. And But the future of him being a first-round draft pick, I should say specifically, I think a lot more in doubt after this game, unfortunately, than it was after the Sugar Bowl against Texas. You have six years of the dude on tape. One game? I mean, he's played Michigan four times. Yeah, I I would say one game because even for the good um, appearances against Oregon and a strong appearance against Texas, I think because Michigan's defense is full of guys going to the NFL, then you saw how he was against like an NFL-level pressure. Like, this is why we should have known that C.J. Stroud was probably going to be, you know, like – Look yeah, at what he did against, ga- I know, against you, Georgia, and it's like, wow, he could really handle all I these future first-round picks. I think that'd be a very dangerous way to scout. I think there's a, a randomness about one game. The other thing, too, is they they could run the ball, and Michigan couldn't stop running the That's ball. True. So it's not like Penix had very few opportunities. I mean, they did actually control the ball a lot. I don't think Penix played that bad last night. He just missed probably three throws that he normally makes, and it's a ball game. Yeah, also, but- it's just... It, He's he missed awesome. Like, he, he, he missed like half the throws. That's the thing. Penix no, he, is normally he oh, a seventy percent completion percentage, and last night he was twenty-seven for fifty-one. Yeah, because half the time he was throwing it out of bounds because he was about to get sacked. So instead of taking a ten-yard loss, 
he'd throw it away. So how many throwaways did he have last night? At least 10. He did have a lot. That's going to put the bow on it for us. Again, congrats to Michigan. They win the national title. And for Washington, welcome to the Big Ten. Yeah, is that you funny? Get to play Michigan to the all the time. Including <laughs> next Boer. year. What's it? Kalen Boer, man, that guy could coach. Very he is in so. a good spot. Thank you, Ryan Botcher. Thank you to Pete Bellotti. Thank you to Andrew Bogish and Andrew Kaplan and the Weedos and the coffee drinkers and the callers. You guys are phenomenal. We will see you back here tomorrow.